After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. Bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials. Good ones and bad ones and ones where people say weird shit like this. Hot cereal supposed to be boring. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Do you know that hot cereal is supposed to be boring? Yeah. I had to repeat that because I wasn't sure if it came through. Hot cereal is supposed to be boring. Hot cereal is supposed to be boring. That's right. Uh, that's coming, what they teach you in cereal school. <laughs> that's one of the first things they teach you in cereal school. <laughs> but then somebody breaks through. I think that was a commercial. That was from the 90s. I think that was a commercial for... I want to say cream of wheat, that, or is it technically cream o' wheat? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But they started like adding like swirls, like you could add your own swirls to cream o' wheat, and right. now kids will like gruel again. <laughs> <laughs> gruel is coming back in a big way. So this is one of those commercials. It's like, slow down, cream of wheat. Hot cereal is supposed to be boring. What are you doing being so jazzy in the 90s? I actually love that. I mean, you know how I love a concept, right? I love the idea of a sh- I mean, we probably have done some version of this where like people take the counter argument as a way of making the argument but like the what are you doing like with this improvement to this product yeah, right it's, it's kind like of, it's kind of a trope you know it is a little adjacent to like don't tell my manager that i'm marking things down <laughs> this low <laughs> Um, all Wait, right. you made this you you made this commercial and your manager doesn't know about yeah, come it? On. What is happening at your establishment? Crazy Eddie, I'm gonna say this. You're mentally unstable, Crazy Eddie. <laughs> I think that you crazy need some Eddie, professional. I say this help. with all respect and seriousness. You need professional Mental health, health is, is a, there's not stigmatized the way it used to be. Yeah. I think you should we should talk about this and you should see <laughs> see someone. Um, and then you can just price your products appropriately. <laughs> that's right. And then Open a dialogue with your manager. <laughs> so that your manager... That would actually be an amazing... You, we really need to get you on the same page with your manager, Honestly, Crazy Eddie. this is way more work than we would ever do to produce one of these shows these days because we're so lazy, but... I would I would love to find a spate of commercials and, like, our assignment is to take that commercial and then, like, run it through the, like, modern... Some kind of modern dialogue filter. You know what I mean? So no. that, like... You know, like, well, just what you were doing there, like, take a take a commercial that uses hyperbole from, like, the 80s or 90s oh, or something okay. and, like, and update it to, like, you know, modern day woke speak or, oh, okay. or, like, you know, mental health speak or whatever, you know, like, update it so that it it's, like... As if we took, as if we were taking it literally. Uh-huh. How would you rewrite it for like the modern Crazy sensibility? Eddie becomes struggling Eddie. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie's got some issues he's working on, but right, we're all we, here supporting. Yeah, him. we don't use that word anymore. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, um, that's not what we're here today to do. Uh, today we are here to talk about commercials, specifically commercials starring stand-up comedians. Here's my thought process. Here, people, I want you to go along with me on this, although it might be a stretch. Um, we have had an ongoing bit on this show where listeners are calling in based on a um, a request by us. People have been calling in doing ad pitches 
in the voice of Mitch Hedberg or Stephen Wright was another thing. I don't again, we don't have to get into why it came up on the show. But I said, hey, listeners, call the voicemail line. Do your best imitation of comedian Stephen Wright or comedian Mitch Hedberg doing some sort of ad or selling some sort of product or service. And we actually have we've heard from several Mitch Hedbergs so yep. far. And today, later on in the show, we will hear from somebody who called in with some submissions uh, doing a Stephen Wright, which is really amazing. I can't wait to get to that part of the show. But all of this talk of uh, stand-up comedians. Do I say stand-up comedians funny? You do. I really do. But not funny like a comedian funny? <laughs> funny like Crazy Eddie funny? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought, I you said that we might have done this already. I don't remember doing it, but just, you know, from Jerry Seinfeld to Kevin Hart to people that, you know, obviously... Seinfeld is more than a stand-up comedian, as is Kevin Hart, but people that I associate with stand-up comedy. I think it's fair you know? to say that, like, I think they would be the first to agree that's where they, that's yeah, what launched them. Exactly. Um, Amy Schumer will be making some appearances today, um, as will Maria Bamford. I think oh, we got to start there. I found some Maria Bamford commercials from 2010 that I had totally missed. I think that was a pretty uh, paltry TV watching time for me. I'm dying to play these for you, Viv. So that's what we'll do today. We'll be uh, taking a look at these stand-up comedians and their appearances and commercials. And then, like I said, we'll check in with the ad council. We will be hearing from somebody who does a bang-up, just a bang-up Stephen Wright. All right, let's start with these Maria Bamford commercials. And you said that you are not familiar with these either, Veeves. This is 2010. We had cable TV in 2010. Yeah, I guess we did. But no, it, somehow I, I totally missed this. It's is it? Po it's also it's possible that I didn't really know who Maria Bamford was at that time. Maybe. Also, this might have been a very limited campaign yeah. because I've only found three commercials here, and they're all holiday commercials from, again, 2010. Um, and they really lean into the bizarreness of Maria Bamford. I, I basically I had a list today of like kind of popular comedians as just like kind of a memory jogger. When I saw Bamford, I'm like, ooh, let me look. Has she been in any commercials? And I thought she's pretty out there with her approach. Like she yeah. does funny voices. She slips in and out of them. She's it's just, why it surprises me that she's associated with such a big national kind of mainstream brand like Target. Yeah. And so um and I'll tell you what, Vives, this is something I meant to say earlier. A lot of the commercials today, I, I really felt like I had brain cloud. I, <laughs> I need you to explain a lot of jokes and stuff to me today or just tell me if I'm right to be confused by these. Now, this first one, I'm pretty sure is supposed to be confusing. I'm pretty sure it's not supposed to have any... <laughs> any anchor in reality at all as Maria Bamford, who is, you know, dressed in a, a red and white, like kind of old fashioned style dress with big white pearls. But again, evoking that red and white branding of uh, Target very much so. And she's standing in a living room with like a white Christmas tree behind her. And the commercial, my friend, just begins like this. She's just talking to us uh, in her Maria Bamford way. We all know there is no I in team, but there is an I in win and in Christmas. And at the Target two-day sale, there's going to be a GPS in Christmas, too. Merry Grispamus, everyone. <laughs> there's no L in Christmas, either. Get it? Watch it again. 
it's sometimes it takes a second to get it. <laughs> like, there's like nothing to be, get there, right? She might be talking to me. <laughs> yeah, like, there's because I did watch it again, and I'm like, no, that's not. And also, I guess, is the GPS a reference to them selling GPS devices? I don't know. The L, I think, is just random. She says Christmas for some reason. Like, I don't get any of that, but... I love it. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she's so weird, and her her like nervous energy is so hilarious. Oh my gosh! I, I don't remember that at all. Though. I applaud Target for um, kind of just again leaning into her Maria Bamfordness. Here's another one. This is very well. It's a little bit tough. This is actually not very visual. It's actually very audio oriented. But um, she is in a Target, right? And she's in the greeting card aisle, the like the Christmas card aisle. And she keeps on opening up Christmas cards that you can record your voice into. And then the card will repeat it back to you when right. you open it. So she's in that aisle of cards, of Christmas cards. And she decides to create a chorus by opening and recording herself into a whole bunch of these cards. <laughs> Christmas is here. Christmas is here. la 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 The Target two-day sale. And then she just pushes her card away. But I say that obviously that's an audio-driven commercial. But also her physicality is so hard to describe. That's very funny in this uh, venue here. And I love the the simplicity and joyfulness of that. Yes, it's really great. But her face is also almost. I mean, it's stretched into a weird happiness that's almost grotesque in yeah, that way. Yeah, that's her thing, You know, though. that's her thing. And then this, this is the last one. I think there were more in this campaign, but um, this is the last one I'll play here. This was um, her standing in front of a blackboard with, like, kind of an overhead simple map or schematic of a Target store and her explaining that you got to have your um, game plan when you go into a Target around Christmas time. Today's shopping tip, visualize your path. Mentally draw your beeline. Here's mine. (laughs) I go in through this underutilized side door. Then I make a quick spin move past this already confused first timer. (laughs) Cut through the dry goods aisle and drop into a caterpillar crawl. (laughs) The men's section. Right to the doorbuster. (laughs) It's no big deal, it's just a doorbuster. You're such a card. That's the best thing about the doorbuster. Sense of humor. Is a doorbuster a thing at Target? Yeah, it's a. I okay. think yeah, a doorbuster is not just a thing at Target. It's like a. It's like a retail term. Okay, it's like the item yeah. that gets everybody to bust down the doors. Yeah, I, I think it it's content. like the loss leader, okay. basically. Um, let me ask you this: When this was made. Did Target expect people to know, like the average person, to know who Maria Bamford was, or, in other words, was she playing her a version of herself there, or did they hire her as an actress to do a weird part? In other words, was the Maria Bamford brand already strong and established? Right. I don't know that the Maria Bamford brand is super strong and established <laughs> today. Just, I mean, I, I'm honestly just saying, like, obviously amongst yeah, like our friends and people who like our kind of humor and stuff, like she's very well known. But is she a household name? I guess not. I mean, she had a 
a show uh, called Lady Dynamite on, com- I guess, Comedy Central or Netflix. I don't remember. Okay. That I've watched. It's very funny, but it is really, it's not the most accessible thing in the world. And that's pretty recent, right? In the past few years? A past few years. Okay. Now, now, now a few, not just like last year or anything. And I think it got two seasons. But yeah, like that doesn't necessarily, like lots of people have had short-lived shows mm-hmm. on uh, some, you know, on a lower tier network it was netflix 2016 debut yeah so 2016 so that's mm-hmm. now quite a while, yeah. while ago and even that i i don't think that i don't think having a two seasons run on netflix makes Mm-mm. you a household name these days um, i feel like target was saying i mean i could see a future where this woman becomes the face of target for a while you yeah, know I if this was that. maybe more successful i don't know if it was but successful then or not. is she flow in that Context right, or yeah. is she st- or is she Chris or is she like uh, like when we we, 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 when we watch Kevin Hart do commercials right. for whatever car he does them for he's Kevin Hart whether he's right. whether he's explicitly there as yeah. Kevin Hart or not nobody's confused that he's like doing this as a performance performing in some other role he's Kevin Hart he's celebrity like, comedian right. Kevin Hart as, as, as opposed to we happen to know as Milena Vaintrub who's also a stand-up comedian right and, uh, the respected comedian but that's in her not own, why right. she's the AT&T spokeswoman who also has a fake name right it's like Lily I Lily yeah. yeah so anyway I'm not I'm not sure I don't have an answer my guess is Maria Bamford they were just like they were making Maria Bamford a character, using yes. her skills. I think they her hired her as an as an act as a comedic yeah. actor, not as a celebrity. Yeah. Um, this next one is Chris Rock. This is a relatively new commercial. I had missed this one. Um, this is a, a long ninety second commercial, making me think that it probably debuted on some sort of a major television event of some sort. It's right. for um, Verizon's 5G service. And uh, I think I'm going to have to jump in and narrate as it goes along. But we see Kevin Hart. He's um, talking to us. At one point near the beginning, he sounds kind of offended because the camera starts showing those um, real kind of loving shots of the phone, the sexy hardware shots of the phone. And you'll hear him reference like, no, 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 it's fine. Keep your camera on the phone. It's like <laughs> a beauty. Um, and then he's kind of like walking through At First, I believe it's his estate and, uh, and all kinds of various places. Um, at one point, we will meet his children who are playing video games. And the whole time as he's kind of wandering around, um, he's talking to us and talking about how great 5G is. Hi, I'm Chris Rock. Oh, oh, it's not about me. I get it. No, no, no. Zoom in on it. The new iPhone 12 Pro with 5G meets Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband. You want me to turn it around? Pow! This is a game changer. 5G just got real, man. Remember when the song in the summer took the whole summer to download? One time I waited 51 minutes for Janelle Monae's dirty computer to download. That's longer than the whole album. But these G's don't blink. iPhone and Verizon ain't playing around. Remember when you tried to watch Bigger and Blacker and by the time it downloaded, I was older and thinner? (laughs) Remember when you could only watch the NFL on TV? Remember when you didn't have five different camera angles and replays? Football just got 5G real. Remember when the only way multiplayer gaming worked was with Wi-Fi? Boom! Legendary fast with Verizon 5G. Now we see his three kids gaming on phones. It was a real thing, and kids half your age were making twice your salary. Yep. Remember when I tell you to clean your room? Nope. You remember when your allowance is due? You never forget that. iPhone and Verizon 5G. This is going to change everything. 
5G just got real. Yeah, so that's like some huge exaggerated estate. And as yes. he's walking around, there's all kinds of like. So I think that's interesting. They're really, they go out of their way to show him living. It's clearly meant to be his home. Yeah. His palatial estate. And to the with point. With its own football field well, and with a its giraffe. Own giraffe that he yeah, drives exactly. a golf cart under the legs of right. with its own football field and, you know, uh, pools that dolphins jump out of or whatever like it's meant to represent you know exaggerated uh extreme exaggerated wealth and i wonder what i mean everyone knows chris rock is a very successful comedian and he's obviously a rich guy um but i wonder what the logic or the thinking behind that is like is this meant are we meant to sort of like take away from it that if somebody like this Somebody with this much, these many resources and this amount of, uh, you know, luxury and ultimate privilege, if this is the phone that they would choose, like, it must be a very good phone. Yeah, like, Because it's all is... about performance, right? The phone, the art, the, the features that they, they're emphasizing are all about performance. Mm-hmm. And, and specifically the 5G performance, I think. I mm-hmm. mean, um, and what 5G allows you to do as far as connectivity is concerned. Um, yeah, are you saying what is the um, advantage of... Or, or what? What is the sales pitch that's related to showing him on some just incredibly exotic, rich estate? Yeah, like I guess who who are they appealing to, or what are what story are they telling, where unimaginable wealth is on display? Yeah, like exaggerated, cartoonish wealth is yeah. on display, but but not in a way we've seen wealth depicted in commercials where it's used to like. Um, put the holder of that wealth in a contemptible spot and he's clearly not we're not meant to feel contempt for him we're meant to feel envy and admiration but like it's just a, it's it was so noticeable to me like the, the the visuals of that ad were so over the top with the like insanity of his wealth and the insanity of like i mean it really was like it looked like the good place in terms of like magical things that you can have if you're very rich this is maybe why i said that feels like that aired during some huge TV event and uh-huh. I don't know why but they have it has Super Bowl commercial that, vibes that to it. Spectacle. And so because and yeah. it does yeah because it's spectacle. And so that's why I, I and you know how like if that aired during the Super Bowl you probably wouldn't be questioning the bizarreness of the huge estate and right. making that it's because Super Bowl ads are like that bigger over the top They're whatever. And so my guess is it might have been yeah. con- it might have been connected I to that it, in some way. I think you're right. I think in context of a big fancy event, the Oscars or the Super Bowl or something, it st- it jumps out at you less in this uh In fact, I wonder if it aired during the Oscars when he was hosting. <laughs> I saw a commercial. Sorry to cut you off, but I saw. An, I was looking for Chris Rock commercials. I can't believe no ads have dealt with that. Well, whole thing. The, really, you can't believe it. I mean, how in do this you... day and age, like, there's yeah. always somebody willing to push the envelope. Well, I came across a commercial, and he ended up not being in it, but it just came up because I was searching for like Chris Rock commercials, and he was hosting the Oscars that year. But it was a commercial for I want to say Comcast uh, advertising the ability to talk into the remote control, and not just say turn on this TV show, but just to say a phrase that's from a movie or a phrase like they like me, they really like me. And it and it was a commercial leading up to the Oscars. And so it was all about Oscar moments. Uh-huh. And it was <laughs> it was ironic to me to watch it after I know, right? what is now. I mean, I don't know if it's iconic, but certainly infamous, probably the most in, infamous Oscar moment involving him. Uh, yes. Right. I mean, it's going to be in his obituary. Yeah. It's 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 so and Will Smith and Will Smith who 
was a rapper who was very successful before rap was well known, who was then in an incredibly popular groundbreaking television show that aired for decades, right? Well, well maybe not, not decades, decades, but it was but enormously more than 10 years. It was enormously successful. Then, then becomes, he becomes one of our greatest movie stars. The big, I mean, now we're just rehashing. And some. then, and throughout all of this incredible career that Will Smith has had, he maintains a persona that is the most beloved, <laughs> most so uncontroversial, most everyone loves him, every race loves him. He he avoids controversy somehow. He avoids all controversy and just remains a beloved, treasured American actor. He's a, he's yeah. respected as an actor. He's beloved as a fun celeb he's beloved as a celebrity. He's uh lauded as a family man. And then one thing and that like that'll always it's so wild. It's so wild. Okay. Um, Let's move on because I have a lot of commercials here and I just sort of feel like. We never actually said Wilson slapped Chris face, Chris Rock across the face on live TV. I think people know. That happened last March. I think people know. know. Just for for posterity. Um, Anyway, uh, let's move on here because I have a lot of commercials to get through and our time to weigh in on the Chris Rock getting smacked by Will Smith probably would have been (laughs) several months ago, I'm going to say. like It's been covered. It's been covered, but I do think that it's interesting now to start to be to think about it how it will be contextualized and and what place it will hold in the cultural zeitgeist you know i told both of them i told you a lot of these commercials are um really confounding to me or at least parts of them are and you're gonna have to explain them to me okay i don't think you can explain this one um this is starring john mulaney Stand up first, right? You I think, think stand of him, up first, yeah. yeah, and and stand up first, stand up uh, continuing. I mean, yeah. he's his big sort of like post rehab comeback uh, tour is stand up. You know, he's he yeah, could have I mean, done something he's else in movies and TV, but you would know him first as a stand up comedian. Yeah, so, I don't okay. even know if I've ever seen him in a That's movie. That's a good point. So okay, so we see, and I'm assuming this is part of a broader campaign that uses similar imagery, and maybe there's a through line that I'm missing, but we see. Just, I love Chipotle burritos so much. I just need to get that out of the way. We see a tinfoil wrapped Chipotle burrito, which is kind of an iconic image in its own right That's, now. They've really turned it into their icon. Yeah. And it is on its edge on a completely white background. So it's up and down burrito wise, right? Sitting on its, <laughs> it's up and down burrito wise. <laughs> it's vertically oriented. And it's got a little set of stairs coming off of it, like stairs that might be on a little construction trailer on site or something like that and so we see that this burrito is actually a full tower that you can actually walk into and we see it in profile there and we see somebody walk up the stairs and walk into the burrito and now we're in the burrito and it's a nice living space with somebody playing on a white piano of course it's a round room with some couches and everything is centered uh, uh, in the middle around a table with a fireplace is very cozy and John Mulaney walks in and he sits down on the couch and he starts having a conversation with somebody who I have no idea who it is. Okay. It's like, uh, I guess. And a, it doesn't say in the eye No, spot. I'll read you the description after this. Okay. It sheds very little light on what the hell is going on. He's talking to like basically a voice of God. You're inside a Chipotle burrito where everything is real. So we want you to be real. I was actually very terrified of crowds when I was a kid, and it's weird that I got into comedy. And I'm, I'm working on a book about it right now. Um, may I ask the name? 
Bright Lights, the John Mulaney story. May, may I suggest something? And this is weird. Please, by all, by all means. Hey, I'm awkward. John Mulaney. Hold on, I'm pre-ordering it. Huh? So, yeah, I don't know who's, who's doing... Who's he talking to? Well, it's the voice of God. It or, is just the, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, and it's he's a talking about the beginning voice. of his career. Well, you know, he's there to be real, right? So, I guess. so it's like a therapy session. So he's getting very real, and then the voice, and the voice of the god slash therapist is also being very real with him. Is the bright lights a joke? I think that the joke is that he he is being a little self-aggrandizing with mm. his self-mythologizing I there. Guess. And then the voice of God or or reality or whatever is like sort of bursts his, you know, pinpricks his balloon there, like kind of bursts his bubble and, and makes it a little bit more uh, self-deprecating. Yeah, I mean, I guess I know all of that. Oh, that is Jeffrey Tambor's voice, by the way. Okay. I thought it sounded like him and yeah. now I'm scrolling through and I see that it is. Um this was from 2017, by the way. So Pre-Tambor cancellation, I, mean, I take I it. I guess everything that you said, I guess I knew that, but it just, it again, we say this a lot on the show, everything was sort of in the form of a joke that I'm supposed to get, but isn't really funny. Yeah, like, I don't love I the don't, writing. And I don't, I don't, I don't I like the writing, like... and I don't like, I don't, I don't understand the concept. I need some sort, unless this was part of a long-running campaign where it's just like, okay, we've now established this universe. You know who I think did a better job with this basic premise is Pete Davidson. Uh, he did a commercial campaign for a water brand, um, some water brand, I can't remember which one, um, and it was... Uh, premised on the idea that he was uh, doing things, he was trying to have like some tattoos removed, I think, or doing things that he uh, talking about regrets that he had and living like like a cleaner, more uh, regret, less regret filled life. And part of that was drinking water, this brand of water. And they they did a much better job with the writing of that one and letting Pete Davidson's like naturally funny and comedic talent shine through in the writing there. This, I think, I I feel like this was just a click off. Like, I actually like the premise. You it, it, So the premise is the burritos are very real, you know, real ingredients, blah, blah, blah. So let's get real. Go step into the burrito castle and get real. Be honest. And I think have, you know, I think the, the disembodied voice of God is kind of kind of a funny concept. I might recast it. Uh, but then, you, you know, so you have John Mulaney, who I think his brand is very much about... Both confessional, but also a little bit of like um, his, you know, his sort of his what's funny about his stand up is he's being confessional, but at the same time revealing that his ego, he's some some of the stuff he does is is ego driven. Right. And being self-deprecating, even as he's being sort of even as his ego is doing the driving. And I think that's what makes his his style of. But I don't think that I, I mean, he's got an awkwardness to it, but like I just don't think anything on that. They take several swings in that, and none of them well, land. That's, that's if any I, of these things worked, then the commercial would work. But I feel like none of them work. Well, like the my name in lights. Like, but that's not like if there was a pun or if there was something like you. If there was self-aggrandizing but funnier or related to his stand-up, and also I don't think. I mean, I could be totally wrong about this. I don't think awkward is the main adjective you'd use to describe him and his persona. Well, that's what I was trying to say. Was I think that the premise and the concept are good and and could work with with this performer but i think the writing didn't quite get there yeah i would say i would say more than didn't quite get there i I would just say that like every attempt at writing in that fails and it just 
like I feel like compounds the issues with these commercials or that particular commercial that didn't make sense. If there were more in the in the um, series, maybe I could I could uh, change my mind on that. But um, Amy Schumer, this is a weird one because this was a Super Bowl commercial from last year, I believe. Yeah. I don't remember talking about it. We did. Did, did we already talk about it? I we weren't huge fans. I couldn't find it on our show sheet from the I think from it was our maybe, Super Bowl I think it was show. two years ago. Oh, okay. It's listed here as 2021, and maybe it's just mislabeled uh, on um, YouTube then. I because... couldn't swear to it, but it feels like a little older than a year. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah, and our uh, files from our previous year are deleted, so I, d- I couldn't look it up. But it w- definitely was not in our notes from 2021. Um, then we don't have to spend a lot of time on this if we've already done it, but I, I think it's worth playing. You have uh, Amy Schumer. Um, I don't think this became a recurring bit for the campaign, by the way. I think this was just a one-off, but she is um, a, a fairy godmother type of person. She's sitting in somebody's kitchen with little wings on, and I think she. I think the joke is she's the fairy god mayo. Um, and there's some guy and he's looking at leftovers in his refrigerator and he doesn't know what to make with it because he's just missing all good ingredients. Sad. This is sad. Who are you? I'm your fairy god mayo. And that is a hot mess. I don't know what to do with any of this stuff. I got half an onion, an artichoke. What even is an artichoke? No one knows. Just move over (laughs) and watch the wings. Now here's the Hellman's magic. Creamy, dreamy, Oh, yeah, that's normal. So she takes a um, butter knife and says, boop, and then takes this, like, pile of, I don't know, just, like, Leftovers. leftover ingredients, and then suddenly it became it becomes this banquet uh, on the table, including chocolate cake, which is a weird thing to include in a mayonnaise I commercial. I agree. Right? Yeah. And so when she magically does that, that's when he says, oh, yeah, that's normal. Oh, yeah, that's normal. What else can you do? Absolutely nothing. Like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also, um, I think there's a, p- are they eating pizza at one point? Again, it's a mayonnaise commercial. Yeah, come on, Hellman's. Like, you know you can't really make chocolate cake or pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I, there, I believe that was a, uh, there were a couple in that series. Uh, and they were ra- there? Yeah, oh, okay. and they ran for a little while after the Super Bowl. You know, they oh. kind of like ran for a few months after that. They didn't stick with her as their long-term spokesperson, I don't think, but... She she does uh, like I think a couple of similar bits as the fairy god mayo, mm. um, and I think am I right that in some markets it was Hellman's and in some markets it was Best Foods? Oh, I forgot about that. That's one of those brands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Hardee's, uh, I think, is Hardee's one of those? Uh, yeah, Hardee's, and um, I forget what their other what their alter ego is. I feel like I always have this kind con- of Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Yeah. I feel like I just keep having that conversation over and over <laughs> and over in my life. Well, I think I grew up with one and then moved to the West Coast and got the other. It's just funny. Right? We don't have Hardee's out here and we don't and we have Best Foods. We, don't we have do have Best Foods out here and it's just weird. Like that is such a placeholder of a brand name. I agree. And nobody knows out like Hellman's is the bigger brand. Just Best Foods. Just like Yeah, because Best Foods sounds over. like a um it sounds like, and there's no, I'm actually kind of getting more into this. I read an interesting article recently about um, store branded products. You know, like lately I've been buying generic peanut butter. Right. I Which, think by Kroger the way, I had brand. some the other day and it's like, fine. You would never know. You would and never know. I, I have been looking at, because. And I've been pouring generic vodka into Absolute Bottles for years. <laughs> and also, like, I think we talked about this on the show too. Now that we have a Costco membership, like, we'll get the vodka there and everybody oh, yeah. has the conversation, like, oh, supposedly it's the same yeah, as Yeah, supposedly Goose. Kirkland's vodka is actually even 
better than absolute right supposedly and then like and, and so i started there was an article about like the companies that make those like the cheerios right off brand like Kroger Cheerios. In some cases, they're actually Cheerios, yeah. and you'd say, "Why would you create a secondary marketplace that you would compete against yourself?" But there's a reason for it. Yeah. In some cases, because every like, every fortieth Cheerio is malformed, and it ends up in a Kroger Cheerio. I don't even think it's malformed. I think it's just like something about the quantity or something, and it's like I, I don't I don't know. It would be funny if they're just like slightly misshapen. But, um, yeah. So anyway, I it, the point is. People will buy Cheerios over O-Cheers or whatever yeah. just Kroger based on O's. Kroger O's, right? Just based on the name. And my whole point as I ramble is that Best Foods just sounds like the Kroger brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? It Whereas does sound Hellman's, very generic. You know, I don't have a I don't have a, a dug on this flight. I don't <laughs> um, I don't eat mayonnaise, but like Hellman sounds like a brand and Best Foods does not. I agree. Is my yeah. point. Um, Kevin Hart has been in many commercials and we've talked about a bunch of them we don't have to uh, i think in your one of your recent dad shows we did a spate of dad shows yeah i did a whole show about um uh it was called hot and fathered which i think was one of our better title entries um about commercials that lean into the ugly trope of dads being protective of their daughters uh dating and sex lives yeah and he is a hyundai commercial where he tracks the, yeah the it's, car. it's a really bad entry and a and definitely like the it's a real vivid and unfortunately very modern example of that trope being used in an unexamined way now this next so we don't have to get into his hyundai commercials again but i think we might have talked about this 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 one which i am going to play again Kevin um, Hart, by the way is advertises yeah, he's got a million right things. Um, but this is for Sirius Radio, right? And I remember liking this commercial. I was talking to somebody about this, and I don't know if it was you on the show or not, but I think we might have covered it already. And I like this one. It's it's um, Kevin Hart is sitting in his car in a driveway somewhere, and somebody famous, who comes up to him? Oh, it's LL Cool J oh, right. comes up to him and says, hey, man, you don't have to sit in your car to listen to Sirius Radio. Oh, yeah, we have Radio. for sure talked about this yeah. on this show. He said you can listen to it anywhere. So then we see him in a living room, and he's listening on his laptop and somebody says you don't have to do it on your laptop you can do it oh because I think he's on his um he's on a treadmill listening on an awkward laptop right and then the whole point is you can listen anywhere on any device I didn't realize that this is all part of a campaign though the reason he's interacting with other famous people is is this is the serious house and it's kind of like that um What's that NFL? Oh, the Heisman, the Heisman house. house, where you have a bunch of Heisman Trophy winners all living together. That's kind of a similar premise here. Only it's just like whatever famous people Sirius could get to make it seem like they all live in this house together. So I'm going to play this first one for you, which again we've already um, talked about. Roll it down. Now, I don't know if I made this clear. Kevin Hart is listening to his own serious radio oh, show Kevin. in the car. That's actually a pretty funny joke. Yeah. Roll it down. I am. You don't need a car to listen to serious sex. I mean, you can listen anywhere. You know that, right? What? Now he's Kevin on his laptop. Laugh. <laughs> Kevin, you could use your phone. What? <laughs> what? Alexa, play Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud radio on Sirius XM. What? This is how I know you're getting old. I guess that was it. What? <laughs> he's just amazed at the end that his house is just playing it for him. He, he does a nice job with that. And when yeah. he throws the, when he's on the treadmill and someone who I know I'm supposed to recognize yeah. and don't 
tells him he doesn't need to use his laptop to listen and he just summarily throws the laptop away like a frisbee it really is a funny bit. It I don't, really it, is. He's, I he's got it. a nice physicality I that's li- very funny. I like Kevin Hart. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know so many of the famous people in this commercial. Another person there was Bebe Rexha, and another one was Kelani. So uh, these are famous people somewhere in the TV universe. Or, or the uh, YouTube universe. Or the YouTube universe that you and I are unfamiliar with. I'm guessing some. I'm guessing some reality TV Probably, maybe with these folks, I'm not That's, exactly sure. That sounds plausible. Um, but th- there's so many genres and and worlds now because entertainment is so massive, and there's so many platforms and so many ways to interact uh, and become famous. Um, that like it's honestly, I probably there are probably more types of entertainers and entertainment that I'm not familiar with than that I am. Well, I realize that this is part of a bigger theme here because this next one um, has Dave Grohl in it. So if you're wondering who else could Sirius get, <laughs> Dave Grohl is I one. remember this one. Oh, this, you do? Yeah, See, I this think this was funny. new to me today. And again, we have- I swear we talked about this. The the, the lasagna one? The lasagna one, Oh, really? One, yeah. I, I mean, possibly. My brain is bad. But they're in the house together, and you see a brief shot of Brett Favre, apparently, in a bathtub. And again, um, Kalani, who, according to the internet, is an American singer-songwriter. So that's who Kalani is. You and I, Viv, sometimes I worry that we're too young and hip. Um, And so Dave Grohl is down in the kitchen, and he's just finished making lasagna. He's trying to tell Kevin Hart about this, but Kevin Hart is up in his recording studio, recording his podcast, and he can't hear him. There's a lot of yelling going on and I can't for the life of me figure out how this is selling Sirius XM. Hey Kevin, do you want some lasagna? Basically like a barrel. I made lasagna. What? I made lasagna. Who's Tanya? What? What? Kevin, do you want some lasagna? You stepped in what? 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 I made lasagna. Tomorrow is mañana. What? So what's the pitch there? Well, Kevin is recording his own Sirius XM show yeah. from a, a home studio. And I guess all the people that we see in the house, Dave Grohl was the guy in the bathtub, Brett Favre. Yeah, I and, only knew that because I read the description. And then Kalani was, I guess, was it Kalani in the yelling, the other It must have been, yelling? yeah. She was the only other person in it, yeah. And then the slogan, the little tagline at the end that just comes on the screen is serious, everything you want to hear. I guess maybe the takeaway is like, look at all these types of, you know, I recognize three out of the four of them, you know, so there's, there's sort of something for everybody in terms of like the breadth of entertainers who are on. Oh, do they all have their own show? Maybe they all have their I own was show. Mi- you know, I was missing that. That seems like, I'm, I'm guessing because it's not really about them experiencing it themselves yeah. in like this one. I'm I'm looking. Does Dave Grohl have a um, serious XM show? Um, nope. It says that they're debuting a massive ad campaign featuring him. But I mean, he's a musician whose music is on serious. Oh, sure, right. Of course, of course, right. And Kalani too. Yeah. And then, I don't but- know if you know this, but Dave Dave Grohl was in a band. <laughs> what? Just one? Just one? Yeah. <laughs> what about Brett Favre? What does he have to do with Sirius Radio? That I couldn't tell you. I'm looking it up on the fly, which is never good. It'll just say he was in a um, yeah commercial. He was in a commercial. So anyway, um, maybe sports. Maybe they do sports on Sirius. 
Or sports yeah, talk. I guess so. Um, I found that one a little bit confusing, but again, it's it's kind of funny. Um, this next one, I legitimately laughed at it, but I had to wait till the end. This is for Chase. Of course, Kevin Hart also does commercials for Chase Bank and their credit cards or whatever. Um, and Kevin Hart and a couple of buddies look like they have just arrived at some sort of nice cabin, you know, or uh-huh. is this even really a cabin or just like kind of a I nice mean, I think, it, you Airbnb know, for a rich woods. person, this is a cabin. Sure, yeah. And um, for us, it's like the nicest house we've ever yeah, seen. Right, exactly. And so Kevin Hart is uh, bragging that he got a lot of cash back or what have you by using a card to rent all this stuff. Oh, my God. I love to talk, my, talk about my oh cash my back God. card. It's beautiful out here. Sure is. And I earn 5% cash back on travel purchased through Chase with Chase Freedom Unlimited. That means that I earn 5% on our rental car. I earn 5% on our cabin. I mean, come on. Hello, cash back. Hello, Kevin Hart. So I should make it clear. He's just like that's like his echo. He just yells that out to the to the um, forest lined hills, and the echo comes back. Hello, Kevin Hart. Hello, Kevin Hart. I'm scared. <laughs> In a good way. I'm lying. Let's get this up. <laughs> if you couldn't hear that over our laughter, he says, "I'm scared." In a good way. Just kidding. Let's get inside. <laughs> I love the end of that commercial. He has great timing. I he mean, really does. And I, you know what? I think he's funny. Oh, yeah. I think Kevin Hart is funny. He is very funny. He really is. Um, I know Kevin Hart has had some issues. I think that I think he's later on apologized for making some pretty homophobic jokes in the past. I did. Um, I did not include any Louis C.K., obviously, yeah. or Dave Chappelle in this either, if you're waiting for that. Although I don't know that Chappelle has ever advertised anything either. I'd be curious. He's such an interesting purist in some ways, but also, I mean, you know, uh, that he he is someone who, you know, he's a capitalist, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's had a long career. He a, started as a young yes. man, and he's getting up there, so there's a lot of opportunities for him to do a one-off commercial yeah, in the I'd 90s. Yeah, I'd be curious. And- Dave Chappelle, God, it's what a... What a yeah. difficult needle to thread that is because I have so much respect for him and I, and it's and it's more than anything like Louis CK I'm disgusted by. Yeah. Um and Kevin Hart I think had a blinkered and maybe still has a blinkered and um you know narrow-minded view of what it means to be, you know, to be gay or to have a gay child and I hope and hope that he's learned something in the years since he made those that those jokes dave chappelle is a totally different case like he's one of the smartest human beings you know he's incredible he's a brilliant man he absolutely has the capacity to expand his worldview and to think about trans people and to understand that uh respecting and elevating and and like protecting trans identity and making trans people safe in the world is not at odds with black liberation and yet he somehow cannot seem to make that leap or he cannot stand to be told that he hasn't made that leap and it's so frustrating yeah it is it really is um all cosby's another one i don't know how to <laughs> Um, That's how you make a rape joke. <laughs> hey, that wasn't a rape joke. Um, all right, so um, let's move on here. Have you ever heard of Jim Gaffigan? I, yeah, I've heard of Jim Gaffigan. So I'm trying to figure out if I have seen these before. These are from back in 2017. He was doing a bunch of ads for 
um, a minivan, the Chrysler Pacifica, okay? And this first one, um, we see three women, probably like, you know, very fit moms, maybe, walking down the, the street. The term you're looking for is MILF. <laughs> um, they're like taking their daily walk, you can tell. They're wearing their athleisure wear, and um, they're walking down the street in what looks like to be a pretty, you know, like kind of a upper middle class uh, suburban neighborhood and we hear somebody doing the the voice of these women and we realize that it's Jim Gaffigan <laughs> he's watching them from a window from his sliding glass doors of his house just drinking his morning coffee and imagining what their conversation is as they walk past his house and notice this minivan in the driveway oh my god Mary did you see the all new Chrysler Pacifica I heard it has stow-and-go seating. Whoever drives it must be really handsome and a hunk. Let's get some fro Now, as he's doing this voice, um, his wife walks up to him and kind of catches him doing this whole bit. Let's get some fro Really? Why don't we also go and get some salads, cop salads? That's what a dad brand's about. I was confused the first time I heard that. I, could, I couldn't tell if he said that's what a dad brand's about at the end of this. Yeah, I think dad, uh, like like being a dad and the dad brand mm-hmm. is like a big part of his brand. And it turns out that was a big part of the campaign. Oh, you can it? You can tell that that audio of him saying that's what a dad brand's about is so much different than his other voice that he's kind of doing, energy that he's doing in this. And so I dug a little bit deeper and I found some more. And I think this might have been the first one that introduces the idea of dad brand. We see him... Um, Showing up at, I believe, the tennis court. Yeah, he's ready for a a, a day on the tennis court, and he's um, wearing like a sweatband or whatever, and he's talking about like solid dad vibes and how it's all about like doing things yourself. But while he's doing that, he's using the minivan's automatic park feature. So he's being hypocritical talking about like you got to take life into your own hands or whatever. Meanwhile, the car is parking itself. People often ask me, they're like, Jim, your dad brand is so strong. How do you do it? Well, I do things myself. I don't pass things off. I don't let anyone or anything do something that I should do myself. You know, I come here and I play tennis. I beat a woman that was 72 years old yesterday. And I'll tell you something. She was good. That's what a dad brand's about. Then I realize, okay, that's what a dad brand's about. Is kind of, I feel like none of these jokes really work for me. No, they're not really funny, and it's very everything's confused. Yeah, I like Jim Gaffigan. I think he's a funny performer, and I think whoever I don't, I wonder if he had a hand in writing these. I I kind of feel like he didn't. These just the jokes do not work for me. Like, and I and something that I think would have worked a lot better. And this is just a thing that I in general feel like when his wife catches him just being a goofball, like imitating the the ladies who are walking by and doing a little bit for himself, her like eye roll and really and walk away is so demoralizing to me. Like you and I talk about this a lot in TV shows that we really like and respect where when a character in a TV show says something that would make a person laugh, mm-hmm. we like it when one of, when the people that they're interacting with actually laugh instead of having a like exasperated wife vibe. Yeah, exactly. Like who's he married to in this commercial that doesn't think he's a funny guy? Like it would have been way better to have her join in and yeah, do like an extra, that would like have been finish funnier. the bit You're or right. something yeah. or, or even finish the bit in a way that like takes the air out of his sails or something. But like 
for her to just roll her eyes and be like, um, yeah, just a just a bored, like a, a an exhausted spouse feels yeah. like just so lazy and so done. You're absolutely right. That'd be so much better. It, it, it would be funny if she turned it on him and been like, oh, it must be some dad who lives here yeah, or something. But something. it actually would have been funnier if she just t- continues. Continues the bit. Like, doesn't, like, continues the bit with him. That yeah. would have been charming as hell. And then this other one where it's so the joke about beating a 90-year-old woman at tennis, it's like, okay, that's kind of funny, but that that's the joke. That's like, that's it. not. Yeah. There's, and also, there's I, no punchline beyond the fact that she was old. And it doesn't really make And it just doesn't fit together. He's giving like, this speech about you, doing things yourself, you, but then I beat a 90 year old woman, but the car's barking itself. Like, I understand they're trying to juxtapose him. He's talking with his hands a lot. That's the one kind of funny thing. He's looking at the camera and talking with his yeah. hands a lot while the car is parking itself. And it's kind of something to behold to see the steering yeah. wheel moving around and everything because I haven't been in a car that does that. So that's the point of that. But all of it, like you say, is at least one click, if the, not three clicks I feel off. like it, the writing needed another pass or two. I, I think it would have been funnier to, you know, uh, I beat a 72-year-old woman at tennis the other day. Um, and, you know, like her walker you know like something some something to like drive home the point that yeah. she was not a she was not a a fit competitor yeah. right oh you know what the big thing with this camp- not just she was good the, the, you know what yeah i mean maybe you get into some ableism there but like the the whole point of this campaign too well, is you know that- i i just think you should be able to make fun of whoever as long as the joke is funny. <laughs> no i what i was not what you said what i was going to say <laughs> is if you're somehow advertising the fact that this is a very roomy um, van and this next commercial is going to illustrate that because I've watched a bunch of these and a big selling point is that these seats collapse into the floor of the van very easily and there's tons of storage. If it was some joke about like, in fact, I was practicing and I beat my first opponent yesterday and then afterwards I gave her a ride home and her walker fit in the right, back. Like exactly. that's what maybe that's ableism. I wouldn't that wouldn't pass muster. You wouldn't probably do that. But something along those lines that somehow ties it in. It's just like self you're talking about being self-motivated. I don't know. Yeah, man, it, it feels it, it feels it feels too loose and too uh drafty. But you know what also? I also don't think I, I think this is very much in line with Jim Gaffigan's humor. Like, I've always felt he's kind of overrated. Now, oh, I like Jeff. I, I, mean, I wouldn't say that to his face, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, I just his his jokes always feel like almost jokes to me, sort of. Well, I don't think that they work super well in an abbreviated context yeah, like that's this. True, I think yeah. that they are better off when they're allowed to breathe a little bit, and you can't do that in a thirty second spot. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but even like his most famous thing is the hot pockets thing, right? And it's just like. I've yeah. never found that funny. There's yeah, that nothing one, funny about that. That to one me. doesn't really do it for me either. But Somebody told me they saw him live once and he did that during uh-huh. the skit and then did it again as an encore. And the crowd was loving it, like playing a song twice, but doing that's his your sweet, stand-up That's his bit. sweet Caroline. I might be I might be confusing that or mi- mixing up some details, but I, I'll ask the person. I'm not gonna out them here. But Yeah, I'd um, love to know if that's really true. That like he did the same bit. I mean bit he twice, did the exact like same bit or he did a reprise he reprised it by like bringing coming back to the t- the top. The way it was described to me was you wouldn't have believed this. He just did the same bit I, twice, right, and I'd, the crowd went wild. I'd love to get a confirmation. Also, on that. interesting, you say reprise. Do I've been? I always say reprise. Do I say that wrong, or is it an either or? I th- I think either I'm wrong or it's neither or. Interesting. Okay, um, okay. One more of these Gaffigan commercials. This one I have a much more acute issue with okay as far as writing is concerned so this is another one where um i say another one we haven't 
seen one of these yet where he's really talking again about the storage space in this minivan and we see the minivan again parked in some sort of driveway of some nice suburban area and he mentioned something about having I think three or five kids maybe um, and all the kids are loading the van up for him and in one case vacuuming the van out while some other kids are loading it and we see well, I remember this one one of his this daughters is carrying a box that says Jim's CDs another one says Jim's books and and then at the end like one of the the youngest kid is like trying to shove a big like kind of life-size cardboard cutout of Jim Gaffigan into the back of it and you'll hear, hear him say oh kids what can you do um, but it all raises a huge question for me. Take a listen to this. Being the dad of five young children can be exhausting. Thankfully, my all-new Chrysler Pacifica makes my life a little easier. First of all, by the way, one quick thing. He specifically says five young children, and the oldest child looks like she's at least 19 years old. It's not five young children. No, she's she's for sure a, a middle to older teenager at the at the youngest. At the youngest. But anyway, let me just go back to the beginning here. Being the dad of five young children can be exhausting. Thankfully, my all-new Chrysler Pacifica makes my life a little easier. And with stow-and-go seating, there's plenty of room for all the stuff. You're welcome. How's the vacuuming? Let's go. Let's go. Put it in there. Come on. Kids. Let's go. Daddy's exhausted. Current owners are listening. The joke being all the kids did the work. Is he moving out? Is he getting a divorce? <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? Like, how do you have this whole premise for this thing, but you never establish Where's why is going? Jim's books and Jim's CDs well, and the cardboard cutout of him okay. going into the van? Let me, let me, let me put this. Let me suggest this idea. He's taking a cutout of himself, like you know, like a, like for a you know, a promotional big cutout of himself, mm -hmm. CDs, books. Is it possible he's going on tour and these are for his like merch table? I mean, maybe Jim's CDs and Jim's books are the type of thing that you would write on a moving box, though. I mean, if but why that the doesn't seem up? right to me, why why the cardboard why cut the cardboard up? Cut I, I don't. I mean, maybe you're right, the but to me, I, it's the just the only so... thing that they all have in common to me is is stand-up tour you but you shouldn't have to do that though it's just it really was his family in this so like they wanted to get the family in there so that's interesting if but they like, wanted to, they should have relabeled the boxes like merch t-shirts exactly it just it and if you're right about that which i the thing is or maybe he's abandoning the, his family you're creating this backstory but the thing is i don't think the writers had a backstory. Yeah, they were just like. I think they just said it needs. To, we need to load. We need to show off that this thing has a built-in vacuum and that you can put a bunch of shit in. And there. clearly, their uh, their organizing principle for objects that go in the van was Jim things that feed Jim's ego, right? Oh, okay, like things that are that are important to Jim. His cardboard cutout, uh, his books, his CDs. So I think you're right. Like I think my backstory is better, and they should have made him going out on tour since he's a comedian, but. I think you're right. They just kind of came up with like, what are things that can go in? What would a funny thing to put in a van be for that would like highlight this man's oversized ego? Well, I don't know. Like when we moved in this house, I had boxes that said Andrew's books, but that's not like related to my ego. Oh, you assume that they're things that he wrote. I see. I read. I see a box that says Genevieve's I just CDs. I see they're things he cares about. Yeah, they're things that you care about. But like your CDs are not like an ego boost for you, like your collection of Dixie Chick CDs or whatever you're into. That's not what I have. But secondly, um, I know I'm, I don't think it's very well organized, but I think they were just thinking in terms of 
stuff that is important to Jim. Yeah. Um, all right. So now let's stick with um, pasty white guys and move on to Mike Berbiglia, who you talked about things, um, people's comedy working in, in long form. Of yeah. course, Berbiglia is more of a, of a long form kind of monologist and comedian. Um, these were confusing to me, but I think it's because of the era. Um, these are for something called Sudden Link. And they reference, I guess, a competitor in here as well. Why does Sudden I, Link sound like such a terrifying product to me? Because you think of Sudden Valley. Sudden from Valley. Development, it's like, I think, I'm thinking right? of salad dressing, but I don't want any. <laughs> Thank you, George Michael. So in this one, Mike Berbiglia is sitting at a dining room table with a whole bunch of people, like some older people who are like grandparents age, some younger people who are like kids, and then, you know, some middle-aged people. I'm not sure what the relationships are or if he's visiting them or if this is his family or what. And then he's talking about the, you know, he's talking about Suddenlink. So, have you guys given any more thought to switching to Suddenlink home phone service? Michael, we're not talking about phone service this year. I just thought since you could save a lot of money. And Suddenlink has unlimited U.S. long distance and we get to keep our phone number. I don't like change. How about dollars? Do you like dollars? I like dollars. I like that jingle, that suddenling jingle. <laughs> Genevieve, quickly, sing that in the voice of Mitch Hedberg. Okay, so the fact that they say Michael makes me think that this is a family holiday dinner. I yeah. got that wrong. And so they say this year, we're, so like during this particular holiday meal, we're not talking about sudden link again. Um, and then one of the other people says something about instant link. I'm just like, what are any of you guys talking I about? I honestly had a hard time following that. I, you did too, right? Yeah, like these are, no I, joke. I wasn't sure if I had brain clouded like day I, or what. And I feel like I entered a series of commercials in the middle like I missed some important yeah. setup or something. Yeah. Did I? Is there a setup to this? I don't think so. There's a series of these commercials and I, they're all posted by the creative agency that made them which is Guile Leon if I'm saying that correctly which I might not be and they're the ones who um, they're a marketing communications firm that have posted this to their own YouTube page. Um, he, there, there are a bunch. I'm not including all of them here. Here's one that makes a little bit more sense. He's an adult still but he's in a child's classroom and he is visiting Visiting his old teacher and classroom. I'm back in my old school to talk about suddenly digital cable and high speed internet. That's my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Panucci. Michael, you still owe me that paper on horseshoe crabs. Sure thing, Mrs. Panucci, but right now I'm giving an oral presentation about Suddenlink. There's tons of educational shows, and their internet speeds are the fastest in town. Michael! I gotta go, but call Suddenlink. What is that? Every time they start playing that sudden link song, it's such it's such a weird jingle. First yeah, of all. it's got a real uh, sort of '90s girl band vibe, doesn't it? Um, so when he says, "I'm giving an oral presentation," and then something like it's the fastest service, he like did he like a special effect is used to make him zoom up to the front of the classroom or the back or of the, the back classroom. because she's at the at the it's whiteboard. It's shot in a very confusing way because and all the says, students Mike. are facing away from the teacher yeah. and the blackboard. It's really weird. These it's do really not weird. work. And why does she say Michael again at the end? Is she mad at him for making the for, twinkle toe sound as he went he, to the back of the class? Should he not be talking? I don't know. Like 
none of this makes any sense. These are a mess. Um, I have such a long list here, and I'm wondering if I should skip this next one. I did want to get some Hannibal Burris in here. Do you remember he did a couple of commercials for Samsung Pay? This is like Apple Pay, right? You can uh-huh. use your phone to pay for things. And I feel like you and I talked about this one before. And I think we're going to run into the same issues with it. Um, there are two commercials. One where Hannibal Burst goes to Katz's Deli, which is a real famous deli, of course, in New York, right? Yep. And these are shot very cinema verite, right? It seems like there's a lot of improving going on. And you're supposed to really believe that this is Hannibal Burris going into Katz's Deli and sort of chopping it up with the people who work there and then also wanting to pay with his phone. And the people say, is that like Apple Pay? You can't pay with that here. And he's like, no, it's Samsung Pay and it will work even with your um, old technology here. But there's also, and this might just have to do with my lack of knowledge of Yiddish or Delhi culture, he says something like, sprinkle something on the sandwich, and then the guy corrects him in some way, and it's a throwaway line. I shouldn't get too hung up on it, but it, I find it very confusing. And then at the end, I'll tell you something I find even more confusing about this. Because, again, the whole point of this is this is supposed to be very real feeling. Um, and he's talking to the camera as he crosses the street and goes into Katz's. I'm Hannibal. I'm going to use Samsung Pay to get a Katz's Deli pastrami sandwich. I'm here to pastrami sandwich on rye, mustard, and put a little yint on that. What's the yint I don't know, man. Just put it on a sandwich. Do your job. Hey, can I pay with my phone? Oh, does he? Is he say what is a yince? Is that what it is? Put a yince on there, and the other guy says, "What's a yince?" He says, "I don't know. Just do your job." Well, I thought I heard him say "yenta," which is a Yiddish word for, um, like a, is that a matchmaker? I think, um, but. I don't know what it means in this context, and I guess it's just, I, I mean, it sounds, my take on it was that he was just sort of saying a Yiddish word that doesn't really have a meaning, okay. and he's just like blowing off the fact that it doesn't have a meaning in this context, and he's just telling the the, the Jewish deli counterman to do their job. I see. It's less what he says, and it's more what the what the guy at the counter says that when he corrects him, and I can't, it's not mic'd well, and I can't tell what he's saying, or I'm just betraying my idiocy here, but anyway, I'll back up a little bit. I made a pastrami sandwich on rye, mustard, and put a little yenta on there. What's the yenta? I don't know, man. Just put it on a sandwich. Do your job. Hey, can I pay with my phone? You mean like Apple Pay? We don't no, have that. No, like Samsung Pay. Kind of works everywhere, even on this janky old right. thing. He wants to pay with his phone. What do you want, Hannibal? You guys take Samsung Pay? We take money. You got money? Is this like the face of a man that's ever been wrong? You want to watch me? Don't look at the cameras, Mike. Stop looking at the cameras. All right. You ready? It doesn't work. Watch me. Boom. (laughs) Samsung Pay is here and pretty much everywhere else. So, again, the, the... It's a pretty impressive feat of the technology. If it's believable. If it's real. Which I'm not... Enti- There's a little uh, postscript here. I don't remember what this is. But Essentially, like- they... So, if it wasn't clear from the audio, the countermen at this... At Katz's are like, we don't have digital pay at this. We're just a deli. We're just like an old-fashioned deli. And he's like, it's going to work. And he holds up his phone, just like holds it, like aims it mm-hmm. at their little terminal and it accepts yeah, it the payment, which is truly that. magical yeah. if that's true. But then here's this at the end. I forget. 
forgot my food. Oh, he, he was so excited about his pay that he forgot his food. Here's the other thing that I find confusing about this is that is supposed to be, again, very realistic and kind of gritty. And these yeah. are, you get It's the, so realistic that he says, don't look at the camera. Like, right. acknowledge the camera. Exactly. But it's confusing because that guy is a is a kind of famous actor, or at least a well-known actor. His name is Michael Kostroff, and I had to look it up, but I know him from The Wire. He plays kind of a bald, I can't remember his exact character, but like if you watch The Wire, you know this guy. So I don't understand why they're booking people to play deli counter people who are supposed to be just like... It's a real deli, too. Like a re- And it's a real deli. They're using a real deli, yeah. Katz's Deli. Why is Michael Kostroff behind the counter? I feel like that is... A really weird, confusing thing to do to us. <laughs> it is confusing. Sometimes people who are not actors simply cannot be on camera for many reasons. Like they aren't comfortable mm-hmm. or they like they just cannot look natural in any way on camera. And so I can understand if like they tried this with the real the real clerks and like couldn't like just could just couldn't work you know couldn't they couldn't make it look good but it, i agree it's an odd but you can still book you can still cast somebody who isn't who wasn't on the wire true you can book a that, more that's anonymous a, that's actor. my point yeah and uh, according to i spot although TV, did he do this he definitely did this after the wire oh i'm quite sure yeah yeah i mean during the wire the wire's pretty old at this point they didn't have this technology during the wire um i mean i'm saying that kind of haughtily I, I i'm always wrong when i say something like that by the way there's another person who is um labeled in this as being oh she's from the show superhuman sarah allen is somebody who's in line apparently at this deli as well um anyway here i'm gonna play another one of these i don't think we talked about this one does that cat's deli one ring a bell to you do you remember talking about that on the show i don't think so i don't i don't think i've ever seen it that's interesting okay so i was wrong about that i thought we had talked about that already here's another similar situation this is shorter he goes into a um grocery store right and he's talking to us and he's saying i'm gonna pay with my phone um and then he just dumps a bunch of like juice bottles into his cart and then he's checking out and again i don't know there's some weird the guy behind the counter ends this by saying hey can we cut this out or something and it's unclear if he's showing that he's an actor playing the cashier or if he's supposed to be a real guy playing the cashier. It's a little bit strange. Hey, what's up? I'm Hannibal. I'm about to use Samsung Pay and check out at the grocery store. How you doing, boss? I'm good. How are you? All right, all right. Yeah. You got a rewards card with us? Got it right here on my phone. Well, I don't think that's going to work. It worked. Oh. Pay with my phone, too. All right. Yeah. That's a lot of juice. I didn't come here for judgment. <laughs> Can we cut? Turn your phone into your. So wallet. it's kind of charming. The guy behind the guy who's the cashier is kind of charming. He says, "That's a lot of juice." Yes, and he says, "I didn't come here to be judged." <laughs> Which I like all yeah, of that. I think it's funny. And then they keep the camera on the cashier, and he looks bashful. He says, "Can we cut?" Which is, I kind of like it, but I'm also confused by it a little bit. Well, it bit. seems to be part of this campaign that they have the clerks either. Well, I guess pretend to be uh, camera shy or yeah. or unaccustomed to working with with a camera crew. Um, yeah, it's an interesting take. I mean, it all sort of works for me in a weird way um, because I like Hannibal Burris mm-hmm. and his style is so unlike any other comedian. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I love him so much. It's even hard to, for me to describe why it's so different, but it's so um, it's so unpolished. Uh, but I, that's what I really like about it. 
Have you heard of Jerry Seinfeld? I have heard of Jerry. Now Seinfeld. you might think like, oh, well, he was a television right. comedian, but you or, might you not might know think, this. Like, he has a bunch of fancy cars, and he <laughs> right. knows a bunch of comedians, and he likes to drive around in them. I don't know, drink coffee, yeah. what have you. Um, people of our age will probably remember that he did a whole campaign, I think, for quite some time in the '90s, or at least a lot of these for um, American Express credit cards. Yes, I, I don't think we have to play very many of these. I found this one kind of interesting. This is from 1998, so I saw some others were from 92. So this campaign must have lasted at least six years, based on my quick math here, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, and this one, of course, Jerry Seinfeld loves Superman, right? That's yes, part famously. of his kind of character. So in this one, we see Jerry Seinfeld in real life New York walking down the street, but they've Roger Rabbited in a cartoon version of of Superman and you're hearing them talk as they walk they're gonna end up in a store I believe but uh, they're talking and walking Seinfeld and Superman and they're talking about like signing autographs and Superman says something like well sometimes people <laughs> ask me to sign things but mostly they give me things to bend usually they give me like steel poles to bend or something like that you sign a lot of autographs oh yeah you oh also the voice of Superman is putty it's from, obviously putty from yeah. Seinfeld right you sign a lot of autographs oh yeah you um, they asked me to bend stuff a lot. I can see that. What? It's Lois. She's in trouble. Did you look through that building? Well, kind of. It's glass. Okay, so we see through a window that um, Lois Lane is trying to make a purchase, but she's running into some sort of issues at the uh, cash register. Lois! Superman, I've forgotten my wallet. I can't carry money in this. I'm powerless. I'm not. My hero. More with the American Express card. Could you? For my kid. So Superman was of no help because he can't carry any cash in his tight underwear suit. So then Jerry spins around a bunch and then whips out his credit card, his American Express. And now suddenly he's the hero. And then there's a little joke at the end where some stranger is coming up to Superman with a metal pole saying, could you bend it? It's for my kids. <laughs> and I think that's a good joke at the end. Yeah, I, I remember those uh, American Express ads that Seinfeld did. And they weren't, were they all with Superman? I think some of them were just him being No, I, I think there's only one Superman yeah, okay. one. Yeah, it, other ones he's just like I, harassing people at the cash register right, right. or like he's in a radio talk show and one it's just all kinds of scenarios where Jerry Seinfeld is talking about how uh, American Express yeah is I thought that was a relatively card. successful campaign I mean yeah. it felt very 90s but of course you know it was a, it was stylistically a product of its time but but pretty good it's funny how that actor's voice, I always call him putty yeah I don't know what his and name I can't is. think of his real name right now and it didn't occur to me until we were talking about it this time around that I'm like, oh, of course, I call him Putty because that was his character on Seinfeld. Yeah. There's an actual Seinfeld connection there. Um, I don't think it's worth playing this one because it's so visual. Oh, he's played by Patrick Warburton, of course, who uh, had quite a quite a career, especially a voicing career. He yeah. Was, um, uh, he, he was a voice of like, uh, was it The Tick? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Or did he not even just play, not even the voice of, he did the live action Tick. Am I right? I am not. I never watched any of the Tick products, so I'm the wrong person to ask. But you can Google around for that. Yes, they did. They did a live action version of the Tick, um, and it starred Patrick Warburton. I'm not going to play this next one because it's 90 seconds and it's very visual. And we've talked about it on the show before, but I just want to shout it out again. If we're talking about Seinfeld commercials, one of I feel like the best and underappreciated commercials for Microsoft of all time was Seinfeld running into Bill Gates 
at a shoe store at the mall that I was know. something like it was like something like Clowny Joe's super discount rates or whatever. Seinfeld goes in and he's like, you shop here. You're like the richest man in the world. Then he just starts like riffing and selling shoes. He starts like um, taking Bill Gates's shoe size and the camera lingers. And there are all these awkward moments where they just stare at each other. Yeah. And it is hilarious. I always thought this was really underrated. It so good. And it was so panned. And Microsoft retreated from it immediately yeah, one person wrote one blog about it not being funny and microsoft was like okay we'll drop it i'm we'll like drop it. they were me? they were so gun shy about that ad and i i mean i think in the like bill gates now has a complicated legacy uh but at the time he was not it was not complicated he was just like america's favorite nerd and philanthropist he and wasn't like, even the i mean was he i mean at that point he was still more known as the microsoft nerd guy well you weren't you already at i mean we knew him as a philanthropist for a long time Had he like, left microsoft to be to start the foundation i don't think he had left microsoft but he was already he oh, had sure. started the foundation uh, and we knew that he I had mean, started the was, foundation yeah well, anyway. i'm quite sure at this point um but uh regardless i thought that he was like this worked for me and if they had had the courage of their convictions and pushed through with it a little bit and just sort of like just said like the right people will get it and yeah. like you know get larry david in there at some point like sure, yeah you know make like dial up the awkwardness and the uncomfortableness of it and like lean into that with a little bit more courage i think these could have been a great series but boy they retreated immediately and bill gates is leaning into his awkwardness yeah. and them editing it well really helped i'll play the beginning of it because there's just one part where again jerry sees him in there so then he just kind of shoes off Ooh, he shoes off he um kind of waves away the um the the shoe employees and then he seinfeld starts like kind of taking Taking Bill Gates's foot measurements or whatever, and at one point he's pushing down on. I mean, I haven't had this happen to me since I was a kid, but like he's on the toe. pushing down on the tip of the toe, and he says, "Is that your toe?" And Bill Gates says, "No, that's leather." And they just stare at each other for like three seconds, and it just kills me. Shoe circus quality shoes at discount prices. Why pay more? Bill Gates, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld, Cheryl, I'm good. The left one's a little tight. They'll stretch. You sure they'll stretch? Is that your toe? No. What is it? Leather. <laughs> they just stare at each other and nod, and they really stick with it. The yeah, editor is like, good on them. The editing on this is terrific. <laughs> I it was, love it. It's it's an it's so unfortunate that they didn't do more with this. Like, put these two make put these two on the road. You know. The only thing was, it was unclear what they were selling. At the end, it was just brand reinforcement for Microsoft. It That's just true, Microsoft but but I think a commercial campaign like this, you give it room to breathe, and you can do a lot of stuff with it in the end. Like once you establish kind of you know these two this this odd couple is now having little adventures together whatever that looks like mm -hmm. then you establish a little bit of a rapport with the audience and you open up the possibilities of whatever you want to promote right, right like right. but they they just I don't know what they I don't re I mean I remember it was released with great fanfare and then just as quickly dropped yeah um, all right one last one here we're gonna go we're gonna stay back kind of in the 90s for this one um, this do you remember um, Sinbad the comedian <laughs> I do. he was in a movie called Shazam that's right famously um, <laughs> uh, and this, this is a quick 15 second commercial I'm playing it for a reason that I'll explain afterwards it's just a quick 15 second commercial from the 90s um, it's for a poll 
Polaroid talking camera. And I oh, Polaroid. so this is 1995 when this was released, Christmas time, and we see um Sinbad and he is with Scrooge in some sort of the holiday house. And uh Sinbad's whole thing is even I can make Scrooge smile with this with this camera with a voice recorder in it. And to it be clear, so weird. the camera voice recorder is the same technology that Maria Bamford is using yes, in greeting cards. Exactly. And so, like, it's not like you're making video audio car, uh, photos with this thing. It's just a Polaroid. But I think this is 95. I think that film, the film industry, or I should say, like, the camera industry is realizing that everything is going digital. Yeah. And they are trying to figure out a way to make their cameras more whiz bang Which so is such a i mean polaroid was it was such a misfire for them marketing wise like what's great about polaroid um what is the uh the tactile physical quality yes. like physical well, the instantness of it of yeah course. i mean but of course a, a phone is just as instant oh more, sure yeah. more so yeah, but that's right, yeah. what's gr- but what a phone doesn't have is a cool retro looking physical yeah. object that you can hold in your hand you can put on your refrigerator yeah. you can do all kinds of arts and crafts like there are i can i could write you 10 commercials right now about why polaroid cameras are a superior experience to a digital camera and instead they make Sinbad and the talking camera. Now, the one thing I'll push back on a little bit is like you and I, and I think probably a lot of our listeners appreciate the retroness sure. of a Polaroid picture. Now, at the time, you can't advertise that. You're not getting that warm 90s feeling of a Polaroid picture because Polaroids are quite common at this time. Sure. I, you guess, know, you, so. I guess you can't bank on nostalgia when you're in the middle of it. But and when you're at the tail end and you're seeing your industry yeah. crumble around you, it's not the nostalgia. But they tried to like they came up with another whiz bang thing that actually extended them a little bit, which was they started um, really polaroid cameras that the pictures came out they were stickers right? right didn't you have one or your roommate or somebody maybe yeah like th- somebody in our life did i think so although were those polaroids or kind of a like a knockoff I thought it was polaroid okay maybe i thought it was. it was a polaroid thing i could be wrong but anyway here i'm gonna play for you this 15 second commercial of sinbad making even scrooge smile with a talking camera sinbad here with polaroid's talking camera he's gonna find a smile on my main man ebenezer watch this yo scrooge by humbug baby See, it even makes a Scrooge smile. The Polaroid talking camera. So to be clear, Sinbad, the technology you're advertising is you say a thing into the camera, then you turn around and you press the button and the camera says the thing that you just said. Yeah. uh, To the person that you're looking at when you're holding the camera. Exactly. It is... um... That is just embarrassing. It's a tough feature to sell, I would say. It did not save Polaroid, by it, the way. Yeah, I'd love to know if how many of those particular models they sold. Um, I wanted. You, I'm really bummed that the audio on that isn't so great because I digitized that myself. That was something I wanted to mention. I've been. Um, I had a. I won't go into the whole details of the story because <laughs> it's long and it's boring, and I'll never shut up about it. But I am. I, am, I almost expect you to start a sort of a spinoff podcast, which is just the stories. Of your digitizing adventures in digitizing, I was gifted a VHS tape that somebody, a friend of ours, picked up. I, actually, I should say, say our friend Jonathan, who had uh, actually wrote in a couple of weeks ago. I think um, Hauser had uh, given me a housewarming gift of a VHS cassette that he had just bought at a um, estate sale earlier that day, and it said like it was one of those like home recording things, you know, and somebody had written Beatles documentary on it, but then crossed it out, so it was unclear what was going to be on there, and it was a Beatles documentary. It's a Beatles documentary was crossed out, and it said snuff film. Yes, and it was. 
Still starring the Beatles, <laughs> frighteningly enough. Um, and anyway, so we wanted to figure out what was on it. So I bought myself a, a, a used VCR for $12 at Goodwill this weekend. And then um, I bought myself a device that lets me digitize these things. Um, unfortunately, my computer, I think, has a sound card issue, which is why you get all that interference noise on that commercial. But... Um, Sorry, you can tell I'm obsessed with that. I need to figure that out now. But um, I've been having so much fun digitizing tapes now. You and I went to a garage sale. I said, you know, now I have this equipment. Let's just go to a garage sale tomorrow and just like see if I can find some old VHS cassette tapes. First garage sale we go to, there's a huge box. I'm going to say there's, what, 25 tapes in there, maybe 20 VHS tapes in there, that, yeah. mostly unlabeled um, from a house here in Seattle. And I asked them how much for it. And they said, just take it away, please. <laughs> and if you find any good family videos, please bring them back. Yeah. When you. Oh, that was. I didn't hear that part. That and I said, nice. I'll do you one better. I'll digitize it and I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, so um, I have now been I spent the past several nights. Do we know nights the address of that one? I do. Yeah, okay. exactly. And it turns out, by the way, coincidentally, um, like we did that on a whim. It was Friday night. I said, let's go to a garage sale tomorrow morning, see if we can find one. First garage sales we go to total success. And then it turns out it was garage sale day in that neighborhood. They gave us a map and we went to like 13 garage sales yeah, or it something. Was amazing. It was amazing. But the, I only found the one box of cassette tapes, but I'm super excited. I, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Listener Chris created his own YouTube channel a while back called CRT Afterglow, where he was doing this, just like finding random old VHS tapes, hoping that TV was recorded on them, and then digitizing and saving the commercials on YouTube. And so that's what I'm totally stealing Chris's idea and our friend Ben Harrison's idea. He did something similar and came on the show and talked about it. And now I'm just in the market for random old VHS tapes, mostly from the 80s and 90s, because that's when this technology was being used, right? And yeah. so far, I've gone through two of them, and I've um, just discovered a trove of old FX shows from 1990. Five, December of 1995 going into 1996 <laughs> um, when FX was a very, very different channel. I mean, it is amazing. I almost can't think of something that could have been more perfectly pitched for you to discover on this tape. It involves... I mean, I think if it had been like another angle on the, on the Kennedy, you know, assassination, you couldn't be more excited. You mean as far as what I found on these tapes yeah. or this whole project in general? I know you love the project, but just the particular tape that you started with was just so perfect for you personally because yeah it was like 1995 it was actually the first one i watched was new year's day 1996 and it's like this brand new cable channel or pretty new cable channel a few years old called fx and it's like yeah, it's just sort of in your sweet like spot what, but the thing is almost everything that i find will be in my sweet spot Vives, because when was <laughs> this being used but like people were recording VCRs. things on tv yeah. on vcrs from like mid 80s yeah. to the medium is the late message. 90s and so this pro i thought you meant the project in general because this combines my addiction to nostalgia from that particular period my love of av equipment and figuring things out and and like hooking things up in my studio here and also just being very kind of tedious and archivey about things like yeah. those are three things that kind of define me and so now I finally have the technology to do it I just need to get rid of that hum on the tape so anyway I've been finding a bunch of um, interesting stuff and you can um, see some of the commercials that I'm isolating and uploading to our YouTube channel so if you just look for after these messages podcast on YouTube you should be able to um, find us and if we get enough 
people following us, eventually I can make that URL a little bit easier to find. Um, so anyway, yeah, check it out. Uh, After These Messages podcast on YouTube. And, and I'll post check that out link. Commercials. I'll post yep. that link on the Facebook uh, page uh, with the other links from this week's show. Thanks. Yeah. And by the way, this was, I mentioned uh, listener Chris who had started that CRT um, Afterglow project that inspired me. And he had started that, I think, a couple of years ago now. The very first night that I set this up and was digitizing things way, I didn't get the technology working until after midnight. And I was up until three in the morning posting things. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my YouTube page says, you have one new subscriber. It was our first subscriber. And it was Chris. <laughs> and I have no idea how he saw that I was doing this. We didn't have a YouTube presence before this. Yeah. But I was absolutely. Chris um, sees all. I know. Absolutely. I could probably use his advice. So anyway, I'm very, very excited about this. And I might from time to time highlight various commercials that I upload. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind I think it was last week's show, Genevieve. We were talking about mimes, commercials yes. that were featuring mimes. And we noticed that like mimes, and I guess it is part of mime culture to kind of be a harasser, right? Like I guess mimes, so, yeah. like kind of a bit of a prankster, a little prankster. And we were talking about a, a, a McDonald's commercial in particular. Was it Burger King? I no, think it was McDonald's. McDonald's where like a mime sees an attractive young woman walking down the street, and she's got her McDonald's food, and he starts like mime harassing her and trying to get her food you can just or say whatever. Harassing. <laughs> well, in that very particular mimey way. Well, we got a um, voicemail from listener. Carolyn, who said she couldn't even hit play on this episode for a while because she's so triggered by mimes, and she has a good reason for it. Hi, Genevieve and Andrew. This is Carolyn from Encinitas, and I just had to call in because I have such an aversion to mimes that I didn't actually even listen to your episode until this morning because I couldn't push play on anything that was related to mimes. And that's because when I was around 20, which was a long time ago now, I was a student at the University of Washington, and I was at the University District Street Fair, and unbeknownst to me for I don't even know how long, some creepy mime dude was following me and sort of aping my my gestures and my movements, and my boyfriend was separated from me at the time, and then he came to rejoin me, and when he came over... He was like, what are you doing? Get out of here. And I had no idea what had been happening for however long. And people were looking at me and laughing. And the whole thing was so awful and traumatic and harassy that I really related to all those harassed individuals in the mime commercials you were talking about. So anyway, mimes are universally loathed, I think. Um, Anyway, thanks for the good show. And I hope you all are well. Bye. That sounds awful. That sounds awful, Carolyn. Yeah, fuck mimes and fuck that particular mime. Yeah, um, that's really awful, and I'm sorry that happened to you. And um, like, yeah, that's gross. And I don't blame you for having a real, uh, to being really triggered by uh, mimery. We have a listener named Max who's in Brooklyn, and he wanted to get on our whole train of people calling in, imitating. Mitch Hedberg or Stephen Wright. <laughs> this weird us. train that it's really you hard to explain. somehow invented. I don't know. 
it's just so hard to explain. But anyway, <laughs> um, Max wrote in with some audio files attached. He said, sorry if I'm a little late to this, but I really wanted to do my Stephen Wright. I have four examples here. He said, these are um, kind of real Stephen Wright jokes that I've now kind of co-opted and then turned into commercial pitches. All right. Here's the first one for flight. Cross-country skiing is great if you live in a small country. But if you live in a big country like the U.S., fly on planes. <laughs> planes. They'll get you where you need to go. <laughs> Pretty good. I really really something, good. I, I mean, mean, great impression. I mean, yeah, there's something. Really that, good impression of Stephen Wright. Hearing Max's impression of Stephen Wright makes me realize he does something where, I mean, obviously it's the low voice. It's the, the pause. Monotone. The monotone. But also there's a... Um, his words never linger. Every word ends very succinctly, yeah. sort of. It's like very... Here's another one. Um, this is... Well, I'll let I'll let Stephen take it from here. I was walking through the grocery store, and I saw a sign that said pet supplies. So I did. But you don't have to be a widow like me. You can just go to Chewy.com. Chewy. All your pet supplies in one place. <laughs> That one took me a long time to figure out. Pet supplies. Pet the supplies. <laughs> Pet, but you don't have to be a weirdo like me, he says. Um, here's another one. He really one. gets the inflection right. I know. It's really it's, good. Yeah. You're, Max, you are uh, a talented uh, impressionist. I went into this bar and sat down next to a pretty girl. She looked at me and said, hey, you have two different colored socks on. I said, yeah, I know. But they're the same to me because I go by thickness. Bombas, all our socks are the same thickness. <laughs> okay, we will do one more here and then we'll oh get out of God, here. Max, these are, these so are great. We have some talent in the we audience, do. don't you think? Ambition is a poor excuse for not having enough sense to be lazy. Lazy boy. Have a seat. <laughs> you oh my God, I love these. Really good, right? So amazing. Pretty high bar. Thanks, everybody who's called in with those you have, All of things. you who called in with the impressions are just, I mean, I'm blown away. If you do want to call it's in. It's so far beyond anything I can do. Like, I can sing it. I can, I can butcher a jingle as well as the next karaoke <laughs> singer. But what, what are these impressionists are doing is amazing to me. I also appreciate uh, Carolyn calling in with her story as well. We love hearing your voice as opposed to email if possible. Yes. So if it is possible, give us a call. At 607-444-5597. As Genevieve says, you can sing jingles if you'd like, or just uh, give us feedback on the show, or something you heard on the show, or your own story involving mimes. Although, maybe it's time to close that chapter. If you have a mime story, don't feel that you can't uh, tell it here. It's we a are, safe space. It's a safe space. It's like inside of a burrito. Um, and if you want to email that story or any other story, uh, you can email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail or visit us on the Facebook group. That's right. Just look for After These Messages podcast on Facebook and you'll find it. There's not a lot of other options there. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Oh. Dip is he's once again back again with the caravan of Manchester.